Hello, my lovelies. I hope you're having a lovely day today. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. And before we get into our topic of discussion, the song of choice I chose today is by Twisted Sister called We're Not Going to Take It. A song in the 80s, a good song. And uh, I love the song because I think this is relative for how we're all feeling about the world today. The world has gone bonkers. The media. Oh, dear Lord, the media is bonkers. Anyway, the reason why I like this song, be the front man, who I don't remember his name at the top of my head, but I remember uh, reading something years ago, and I'm sure the video is on YouTube, that he went uh, on uh, on record to talk about the FCC, um, basically the freedom of speech. I'm summarizing it. Of course, you find the article or the video, it'll talk about it. Uh, but he went in front of Al Gore and talking about how we should have a freedom of speech. And this is something that's coming up so much over the generations, over the centuries. Every time we go ahead with technology, we're being stopped by, air quote, misinformation, money going towards the big tech companies. In this case, lately, big tech is as in Twitter and uh, before Elon Musk took over and Facebook and um yeah, it's been it's been bonkers. And so we're kind of going back in the whole thing about freedom of speech with media. But unfortunately, it's getting so ridiculous that there, I think there's too much of freedom of speech. And I'll tell you why. Uh, the DNC, for example, Democratic Party, they are paying several people on uh, TikTok, these influencers, so-called. I hate the word influencer, but that's what they are. They're making a lot of money a month. They don't have to... Uh, or a day, actually, they don't have to get a nine to five job like everyone else. So they're making a lot of money to spread rubbish, whether they believe it or not, because this is from the uh, Democrats point of view. And we know how politics works. You give money, you're going to persuade people. In this case, they know voting is going to be coming up in the next few years and or next year. We're gonna, well, I guess, right, we're going to have a new election going forth. And so it's going to get quite crazy and quite stupid. Uh, and the Democrats have the power of persuasion more than Republicans. And I have made an opinion article on saltyvixenstories.com talking about how the Democrats are ruining America. And the best example right now, I can think, well, there's many of them, obviously. But when you think about like uh, Beetlejuice, as she is known as, or uh, the mayor of Chicago, what's her name, Lightfoot or something. You know, Chicago has become very, very crazy in the crime. In fact, all the blue states, we have to admit I have a lot of crime because, well, the mayor and the governor of each state, the blue states, hate Trump so much, even though Trump tried to get the National Guard out to Chicago and other states. But the mayors and the governor said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. But Trump here was giving help and they refused it. So now these states that were doing OK until shit happens. And now because they thought, well, hey, the blues are going to do well. No, they fucked up, and it's so bad, it's dangerous living in these states. Let me tell you, I'd rather have the mob back when Al Capone was in power in Chicago than what we have today. At least it was organized mob. Yes, it was dangerous, but it was organized dangerous. Like, you fucked up, you you know, we're not, they would go get the Tommy guns. Okay, they would not use it unless they had to. It was a lot different and a lot better. Not 100%, but I'm saying, like, I think the world was in a better place with the organized mob. I mean, look at Vegas. It was founded by Bugsy, which, a funny story, Bugsy's uh, first 
wife, ex-wife, do you know she died and lived, uh, she lived out the rest of her life and died in uh, Oakland County, Michigan. I thought that was a cool story because Jimmy Hoffa disappeared in Oakland County, Michigan. A lot of the mobsters, uh, retired mobsters, were in uh, Oakland County, Michigan. I don't know why that was a choice of retirement. It's a lovely area. I've been there. Okay, so the topic today is called, Is the Media Intrusive? And I do talk about Prince Harry in this article, in this podcast, uh, because I feel like this is such an important thing. As you know, Harry published a book called The Spare that came out in January and had lots of criticism. I criticize the fact that I think it's marvelous he wrote a book talking about things he needed to get out because we all have these stories. We all have something to say. However, I am going to tell you, and I will say it again, it should have been kept privately and delivered to the people involved. However, money talks. And I did post on the latest Dumbass and Amusing News uh, weekly or daily roundup uh, for um, yesterday, which was May 9th, an article that talked about what his, what Harry's ghostwriter thought of Harry. Well, to sum it up, Harry has a little bit of a temper, and the ghostwriter was getting tired of this temper tantrum he had. Uh, and those who don't know Harry, yes, I've met him. I got to know him over the years. Last time I saw him was 2016. I supported one of his charities called Santa Ballet. I got to go to the opening of a children's center. And I know I've had Harry's wrath. It's not a fun thing. Uh, it was quite scary because I don't like confrontation. And Harry, um, his wrath came in because Nacho Figura said something to Harry. And I accidentally broke Harry's wine glass. And Harry got mad at me when I said, hey, I'm sorry. But in all fairness... And if Harry ever listens to his podcast, all fairness, Harry, you had the wine glass on the ground. Everybody was line dancing. When Jostin was singing, you got up to line dance. I was right behind you. I was getting down with my uh, my silvery sparkly shoes by Miu Miu, M-I-U, M-I-U. Love those. The Mary Jane type of shoes. Oh, they're lovely. And yeah, I remember stepping on something. And I, by the way, got hurt from the glass. Did you ever ask how I felt? Nope, you didn't because you just yelled at me. I mean, passive grass on that part, but no, he didn't. I actually was bleeding and um, you didn't bother to say, hey, Salty, are you all right? Instead of who broke my glass? Who did that? And it was, I've never seen that side of Harry because when I met Harry for the first time in 2004, you know, for that whole summer, he was very, very kind and sweet and actually protected me against somebody who was harassing me. So what Harry did apologize for his actions. He was overwhelmed and overtired but still no excuse for behavior. So I do forgive Harry on that. Just, you know, I want to point this out because this was a, even though this was a private moment, but because the uh, ghostwriter talked about it publicly, I kind of felt I can throw that in there, but also give you, tell you the truth about Harry. He is a good person. He's very kind and very loving. You just have to know him. But unfortunately, when you mishear things, you're going to get agitated and you're overtired. And so, because like with Harry, he hears, uh, he's, hearing out of both ears, you know, two different conversations going on and all the noise, too much noise. And he doesn't have time to process or think what is true from fiction. And he doesn't have his own voice. That's why he wrote the book to have his own voice. However, yes, it should have been kept private. So this is where I'm going to go on my podcast. And I made the article on saltyvixenstories.com and with the same title. Without the combination of power and glamour, the market in images of public figures, celebrities, and royals would not have been as lucrative as it was in the past. The powerless, unharnessed European monarchies are surely evidence that without political power, 
the fairy tale simply disappears, leaving those families in relative peace. The press has been cast as a baddie as often when it comes to royals and celebrities, especially the British royal family. Why does the media continue to print gossip? The answer, because it sells. And they know people are going to go on social media, copy, paste, repost, and talk about it, whether they are going to look for the facts or not. They don't care who they're hurting. But a majority of us do look at facts, and a majority of us are going to say, hey, wait a minute, media, this is bullshit. Why are you lying? But unfortunately, in the leftist uh, mind frame, leftists or the woke folk don't want to look at the facts. They believe that the media is spoon-feeding you this lie, they're going to say, oh my gosh, this is true. And this is hurting the reputation of the people involved. Every single person who has chosen to read the media's intrusive, titillating, voyeuristic accounts of Prince Harry's phone hacking, and by the way, the mirror has finally apologized. A little too late, isn't it? Oh, well, at least they said they're sorry. Or when the paparazzi told me at China Way after party dated 25 July 2004, also known as Cartier International Polo, and it proved that I was there. There was two parties, Kids Party and China White. I had an uh, invitation for the, uh, the Kid Party, and then a polo player got me invitation because you had to pay for the braces ahead of time, and I did not know, and so someone gave me theirs. They said, you know, I'm leaving. You can have them. I'm like, okay, cool. And that's how I went into the party. I had met Harry earlier that day, and I think I I did speak about it when I met King Charles when he was Prince of Wales, briefly. And those tuning in, uh, certain details I will not publicly say because I'm not going to talk about the people that uh, friends of William or Harry, uh, just because their private lives are private, and I respect them on that. So I just want to point that out. Going back to my uh, thought. So at the China Way after party, there was a paparazzi guy. And I wondered why he had the right to take photos of Prince Harry, as he is a public figure. That's what uh, the paparazzi guy was saying. Well, he's a public figure. It's his right. I told the paparazzi guy who was standing next to him, by the way, and Harry was directly in front of me. I was actually going to tell you, well, not because Harry was sitting there, because of the person Harry uh, and I mutually know who was harassing me the entire summer, I was going to walk up to that person and say, hey, enough's got to stop. You know, enough's enough. So as I was standing there, Harry and another person were giving the bird. And I told the paparazzi, just leave Harry alone and uh, as he's enjoying himself. So, in fact, later that evening, after I told off the paparazzi jerk, and he had gray, wavy hair, never forget that, and he was an asshole. I mean, he literally was an asshole. Because he said he had to make money, and that's what the photos are going to sell. So if Harry makes a spectacle of himself, well, it doesn't matter because that money goes up. He went from $500 to $5,000 because Harry flipped the bird off. I'm making up the amount of money, but you know what I mean? Drama sells. In fact, later that evening, that same paparazzi asshole snapped a photo of me dancing with Harry. And that photo was in some tabloids. Thankfully, it was the back of me, and the story was literally... Uh, the picture of the story, was literally about one to three seconds of a dance. Yes, he danced with me for one to three seconds of anything. He was trying to make me laugh because I was crying because of that person who had been harassing me in the summer. Again, I'm not going to go into full details due to respect of the people involved. But at that time, that dance made me smile. And by the way, he is a good dancer. 
And it wasn't because I got to dance with Prince Harry or because who he is. It was all because he was kind to me. Again, and I will repeat final time, the details of things I will not publicly say because of those involved had apologized later on and all was forgiven. We all grew up and moved on. And they were good people. And I'll say this much. I will defend Harry on that day because I kind of feel like the paparazzi and the media, how true they were, had told so many lies. That was the first time I experienced how bad the media was. And I felt really bad, actually, for Harry and William and, and, and people in, that know them, um, how the media has been. And that party, by the way, I remember it saying, oh, a bevy of women were with Harry. And I was part of that bevy. I sat at Harry's table. I remember Harry was talking about going to Africa. I remember the whole conversation, how much passion he spoke about going there. That later would become what we know as Sentabali. That was his first baby, his first pride and joy. And I remember some of the mutual people were giving Harry drinks and Harry kept declining. Eventually he gave in, have a, you know, had one or two drinks, but he wasn't drunk. Maybe a little buzz, if anything, but it was Harry drunk. No, he wasn't. Was people at the party drunk? Yes. Was I? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was free alcohol. Why not? You know, it was a party. It's fun. As long as you don't go too overboard. But the media made it out. It was like a shit show. And Harry was in the center. And because of that, that day, and of course several others, like Vegas incident and etc., he had a reputation. The media made Harry this ultimate party guy, this ultimate crazy guy that 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 he did drugs and, and smoked and you know and drank. Yes, he smoked a cigarette here and there. Yes, he drank. Yes, he's been drunk. Everybody has. But they made it look like he was the ultimate party boy when he wasn't. And part of him, you know, talking about the drugs, that was from many years ago. And I came in the scene in the summer of 2004. And I did not even know about it. Someone mentioned it to me. And I said, okay. And I only knew about the pot stuff, I think, when they mentioned it to me. And I said, okay, but who hasn't done pot? I mean, I never have. But, and pot technically at the time was illegal and virtually everywhere, but people were still doing it. You can't tell me on college campus or university campus you never did pot. Come on. Everyone has experimented with pot at some point. Even people say they haven't. It's a good chance they've been around it, even if they inhaled it. I probably have inhaled pot before from walking. I remember at, uh, at amusement parks, like Six Flags, someone was smoking pot and I smelled it as a, I was probably like 16. I go, what's that smell? And then I found out, oh, it was pot later on. So technically, I have tried it. What was it? Clinton that said I did not inhale. Somebody, some president said that in a, a slogan. I did not inhale. Now it's going to bother me who said that. But you know, and I remember how the reputation with Harry, how it really was. It was hard, you know. So I remember at the ten-year anniversary of Santa Bale, it was at a lovely hotel. I stayed there. It was a lovely event. Um, I, and there's a picture of me and Getty images where, uh, Joss Stone is singing, well, on stage, well, she had gotten off on stage. I was singing by myself. I mean, I was at a table with uh, people from Basutu and some of the people who at the time worked in the office of Santa Bale. And, um, I had this beautiful Sherry Hill dress. Oh, I love that dress so much. And uh, my hair was blonder at the time. And, um, Joss Stone gets off stage and she comes over to me and does what they, what they it's called acting flirting. I don't know the term- terminology. But she was like coming over and, and she got me up to dance. And I was like, what in the world is this uncomfortable? Because I'm not used to this. You know, so a famous person coming over to me. Cool. Like, you know, I never really got into the whole idea of what fame is, unless it was Mick Jagger. But I've met Mick Jagger. 
was the only time I was a fangirl saying to him, your music speaks to me. Your music's amazing. I'm a fan. Like, it's so cheesy. Because so many people have said it. But, I mean, come on, the Rolling Stones, they're gods in music. They're awesome. And I'm going to say that. There's certain there's certain music groups you can have be a fan over. Even Alice Cooper, for example. Oh, I love Alice Cooper. The old the, the 70s and 60s and 50s music were probably my favorite. 80s were rock, 90s were the best. Then you get Eminem era, and then it's like shit show after that. Music is not as creative anymore. People are remixing, although remixing's always happened, but it's poor remix now of songs. And anyways, going back to Harry's reputation, when the party ended, Tanya, I was going to um, walk up to Harry to say, hey, you know, I, your, your charity that you talked about 10 years prior to that, or well, 11 years or whatever it was, you know, that was in the mental creation. I wanted to tell him, like, I'm proud of him. And somebody said to me, someone that's uh, authoritarian, let's put it that way, uh, someone that, uh, I'm not going to say who they are, because I didn't want to reveal their name. Well, as I was approaching him, that person said, you have to be careful about Harry. We don't want him to get in trouble with the media because of his hijinks of drinking. And I thought, oh my God, that reputation from going that day and of course other incidents, that's still following him. And poor Harry can't say anything because that's what you're taught to do. You're taught to, you know, in, in famous celebrities eyes, of course now because of digital print, Everything is followed. You know, you have a, you leave a digital footprint. People are going to dig up. They're going to bully. They're going to follow the scent and repeat it. That's what TikTok is there for. YouTube. I mean, Candace Owens, I think today was uh, bad-mouthing the royal family. Why Americans don't care about the royal family? Well, I'm an American. And I care about them because I met some of them. But I don't care about them as if they're going to, you know, because they're celebrities. I care because of who they are as people. I got to know them away from the media. And I will always defend them, even though I probably will never see them again, but I will defend because I knew them because they were kind to me. Kindness is always the best. And people say, Salty, why are you defending people you don't see anymore? Because that's what kind people do. I see what the media does. I see what blogs do. I see what these talking heads are doing. And not one is saying, hey, what are they like? You know, are we hurting their characteristics? Are we hurting them emotionally? Even when I hear about the negativity about Meghan Markle. Look, I never met her. I knew about her because of the circle I was in at the time. And before she met Harry, yes, I did know something about her. I knew she's a little bit narcissistic. And I do feel she is a little overpowering. Um, I do feel that she has lied. But let's talk about allegedly, because I can't really say yes or no, but just from things I've heard... And, of course, what she's done in the media, you put two and two together. She has turned people upside down. A lot of people, not just families, but also the media. It's nuts. So let's change subjects. Um, oh, and the last thing I'll say about the whole Harry thing, again, I will defend Harry as much as I can because I feel like he needs somebody on his side. Again, I probably will never see him again, and I'm fine with that. But I will respect him. I think he's done a marvelous job with his charity work. We, everyone who has met him over the years, whether they're friends or whether it's been on the street, stopping by seeing him, or whether he's met people because of the charity work he's done, walking with the wounded, sent to Bali, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? Harry's a lovely person. And occasionally you'll hear that from people saying that he's a great person. They will defend him. But a lot of times because they're taught, 
to ignore the media. It's going to go away. Or let's put, hey, this negativity, let's put some fun, positivity things down. Uh, PR, uh, what's it called? There's a term, I can't remember at the time what it is, but you know, with the PR, it's, uh, you know, if a shit show happens, they have to kind of put a bandaid on it to get that shit show to go away. And I forget the word right now. I'm sure you're all going to say, salty, this is what it is. I know I'm tongue tied at the moment. All right, changing subjects. Let's talk about Donald Trump, whether you like him or not. He is absolutely correct when he says this is a witch hunt. A witch hunt for anybody as in the public eye. Harry, witch hunt. William and Kate, back when they were dating, a witch hunt. Media loves a good witch hunt. Or at least the pockets they're getting paid by. Rupert Murdoch, Santos, etc., etc. We all love a good witch hunt, right? We love drama. And Trump was, of course, in the news uh, for allegedly sexually assaulting this lady named E. Jane Carroll. And the jury found that Trump did not rape her because she was making this allegation. But they did. But the jury did find her um, liable for sexual abuse. Look, I'm a victim of sexual assault by someone. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to reveal his name, but it happened in 2004, in June. I remember exactly, I know his name. I mean, look, we've talked it out over the years, like bygones be bygones, right? Well, no, I didn't really talk to him. I saw him in 2016. I freaked out because I got triggered. But I told somebody else that mutually knew this person about something that happened, never told the full story. But I opened up about it. And, you know, you just learn to let it go and move on. My question is, why didn't Miss Carroll make a, a police report at the time it occurred? Wouldn't there be a record of it? There was security cameras in the 90s or 80s, whenever this happened. It'd be grainy. But at the time, if she made a report, footage would have been given to a police. And since Trump was a public figure, this would have been in the news. He would have been in trouble back then. Why did she wait until now? Well, it's because Carroll made her claim public in 2019 when she published her memoir. What do we need men for? A modest proposal. And Trump even then has denied the claims repeatedly, including famously calling Carol not my type, and he accused her of making up the story in order to sell more books. And since I'm a sexual assault survivor, my opinion is I feel like she made the whole thing up. So here's a good theory, allegedly. We all know Trump came into the store and shopped. And allegedly, Carol might have had a bit of a crush on him because he was a good looking guy back then. And he flirted a little like a lot of people do. And nothing more, you know, like nonchalant flirting, like, oh, how are you doing today, beautiful lady? That kind of thing. And it's possible something actually did happen to her with another person who wasn't famous. And maybe she's got her wires crossed and who it was because it's been yes. Who knows? In a nutshell, we are living in the, the sky is falling times and the media will eat it up. Whatever sells, right? The media and public's preoccupation with the ambulance chasing stories that grab us by the collar. Always a witch hunt on someone. Trump, Prince Harry? Did Kim Kardashian break the internet again? Media believe in f- failure, not success, tends to get defined as news. Getting good news out and getting it utilized by the media. A lot of positive things going on in the world that doesn't get out. 
Media focuses on whatever makes money, regardless if they are emotionally hurting the people who are involved. In a nutshell, the media is preoccupied with conflict or the sensational. Most people find the media to be intrusive and obnoxious. In a rush to chase hot news, often the media distorts and stereotypes, not deliberately, but unavoidable. Avoidable. Sorry, I didn't say that right. There are many people who believe that reporters driven hard by television are always scaring to entertain, scurrying to entertain, often sacrificing conflict for a good picture or an, an inflammatory quote. I want to point this out. I'm reading you right now my article. So the transcript is on saltyfixinstories.com under the uh, news section subcategory opinion. Go back to the article. Ronald, sorry, former President Ronald Reagan's former media maestro, his name was Michael Dever, a PBS documentary uh, dated November 22nd, 1989, said to Bill Moyers, who was interviewing, while the TV White House reporters won't admit, they are not in the news business, they're in entertainment. We absolutely thought of ourselves when we got into the national campaigns as producers. We tried to create the most entertaining, visually attractive scene to fill that box so that the cameras from the networks would have to use it. The White House pretty much became Hollywood producers. Too often, instead of reporting, the correspondent becomes a packager. The American Constitution wisely signals the media out for special protection. The media enjoys the pleasure of power. They are responsible for fretting out the truth, ferreting out the truth as best as they can, and for listening the media should listen to the criticism. The problem is the power in the people. Robert Murdoch, for example, tell the media to ignore the criticism. Unless it has, unless the noise is too loud, then they will ta- tackle it. Now, when you have a podcast, you have more freedom of speech and freedom to give your opinion and freedom to tell the truth. The truth should always be reported. The full truth and nothing but the full truth should be reported in the media as the truth will set you free. But they're under restraint and they cannot say the truth unless they're paid to say half-truths. Tucker Carlson said it recently. Everybody says it at some point when they're able to. How much media lies, all for a dollar, a pound, a shilling, whatever it is, you can't see. All right, my lovelies, have a lovely day. Goodbye.